Yes, welcome to Talent and Growth. Thank you for being with me today. You could be anywhere in the world. You're right here with me. I'm in your ears. I appreciate that. Today, we are joined by Mark Harbottle, who is the head of talent at Chronify. And we're going to be talking about their candidate expectations report 2023. Now, I love a bit of data. Uh, I really, really do. I am locked in with all the data I can get around talent acquisition, people, what's going on in the market. It's absolutely audacious how much data I take in. So I love seeing this report and I love that Mark came came on the show to talk us through it. And it really is around what candidates want in the marketplace and what could be more important than, than that right now for us all to understand. So he's very kind enough to go through the, the, uh, the, the, the key points of the report and uh, we delve into a few other questions as well around what Mark thinks is going on in the market right now, what we, we think we should be doing in talent acquisition. He's a cool guy, lots of experience and yeah, top report. So the report itself is going to be shared in the notes of this podcast. So do check it out. But first of all, check out this conversation with me and Mark. Just before we go to today's episode with Mark, just wanted to give a shout out to our partners at MetaView. We partner with MetaView, the Enemo Group does, Talent and Growth does, because we love their product. It's phenomenal. It is an AI interview note taking tool. It means you do not have to take notes anymore. When you're doing interviews, it means you can just be, have a nice human interaction and it will do it all for you. And it will summarize it all for you at the end as well. So everything will be there. You will not miss a damn thing. It is excellent. And also you can use it for the intake meeting, that all important intake meeting or qualification meeting with the hiring manager. So it will cover all of that. It will record all of it. So again, you can go back to your notes and know you haven't missed anything because good old AI, our good old friends at MetaView has recorded the lot. So give it a go. Give it a go. Everyone gets five interviews for free at metaview.ai. And if you want to take them up on their phenomenal product, if you mention talent and growth, you get 10% off. Give it a shot. You've got no excuse not to. Here's today's episode. Mark, welcome to Talent and Growth. How you doing, mate? Very well. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. And even happier to have you here, knowing you've just had welcome the second edition to your family. So big respect for that. How's life going? Life is well. I think, as you were saying just before this, I've been blessed with a sleeper. For listeners, I've got a four-week-old at home who's the second addition to our family. So we're now family of four. We're super happy. I'd love to say I'm tired haven't had enough sleep, I'm not rested and relaxed, but actually I'm in pretty good spirits, if I'm honest. All is well, all is well, thank you. Yeah, Good, excellent, glad to hear it. Well, let's talk turkey. So tell us a bit about your journey from, well, to becoming the head of talent at Chronify. Yeah, so I've always been in recruitment, my career has always been in recruitment. I spent kind of 12, 13 years or so in niche IT recruitment, either with local agencies or international firms. I ran my own agency for a while with, with a friend for a number of years, but kind of over time, I sort of realized that the thing that really got me motivated was the people side. So kind of nourishing talent, hiring, developing great people. I'm a real people person. So Chronify for me, I've been in my role now for kind of two and a half years, nearly three actually. I'm responsible for attracting, retaining, developing, motivating the people. As I say, been here nearly three years and just loving every minute of it, if I'm honest. My first step internally, which has been great fun so far. 
Tell us a bit about the culture there. Good question. So we, a lot of businesses have kind of values, ethics, morals, whatever you want to call it. We, we have a set of principles which really guide kind of who we are and how we act. And we talk a lot in our interview process about culture add as opposed to culture fit and the things that connect us all as an organization. The things that, that are similar for all of us is our kind of alignment with the principles. And the things that we talk about is kind of transparency, the importance of being completely honest with each other but also to our customers as well we talk a lot about kind of truth and feedback's a really really big culture so we we really practice 360 feedback really really hard as a business i think we're a remote organization there's about 35 of us in the business we have offices in nottingham london amsterdam but we have people dotted across the whole of the uk we have people in france and spain as well so we're we're not all kind of tucked into a local office, catching up with each other every day. And I think our communication is very high quality because we work so hard to practice what we preach, you know, be really honest with each other, provide candidates, really, really clear feedback. We're a hardworking bunch. We talk a lot about high performance as a business. And, you know, we're competing with big boys and we're doing a really, really good job at kind of standing up with them, really. Good. Glad to hear it. Well, let's talk about the candidate expectations report for 2023 that your business has put together and do do you want to just give us a bit of an overview of that because that's going to be the the focal point of our chat today I think. Yeah sure this is the third time we've done this the third annual survey we've done on this topic so every year we take responses from six and a half thousand people across the UK, Germany, France and the US who've been through an interview process in the last 12 months. We've chosen those regions because that's where our ATS clients mostly operate. We don't just look at region either. So we segment our responses by job title, sector, perm versus contract, whether someone's currently employed, whether they're in a role. It's a really, really comprehensive view of what people expect during an interview process. And kind of the reason we do this survey is there's very few people in the industry that produce a report like this. We're given recruiters and our marketplace as well, a really unique and detailed insight into what influences a candidate's decision when it comes to choosing jobs. So the report has shown us some real like, kind of regional variations between countries. So for example, take Northern Ireland, it has very different expectations than say the southeast of England. And by kind of drilling into things like sectors, we can see the different influences on, I don't know, IT and marketing versus construction and healthcare. Um, the report for us means that people who are hiring against things like those regions or like those sectors can get a really, really critical insight. A good kind of example would be the hospitality sector expect two interviews, but financial services would expect a lot more. It's We're producing data that recruiters don't have really, really easy access to to help them perform better in their roles. Yeah, I love it. I mean, a big shout out to the business for putting stuff like this together. This is the kind of value add that gets your name out there. So it's uh, it's authentic marketing at its best. I love it. And yeah, I, I do my own form of that kind of stuff, but these types of reports <laughs> worth their weight in gold. One thing I noticed was a significant increase in the expectation for interview arrangement time from 30 0.5% in 2021 to 40% in 2023, which with candidates expecting it to take no longer than six days. So what factors do you think contributed to this rising expectation? Yeah, it's a big jump, right? There's a few factors. I think firstly, kind of post-pandemic has increased not just the demand, but also the access to talent as well. So for a long time, there were a lot more jobs and there's definitely a bigger talent pool now to fish from. And to add to that, kind of the pandemic has it sort of rapidly improved the digital capabilities of companies. They were suddenly all exclusively interviewing online. They were improving their workflows using tech because 
they literally couldn't do it in person. So I think tech has really improved the speed of the interview process. But at the same time, I think effects like, say, the Great Resignation, which has been pretty heavily documented over the last few years, but I think some things like that have led to companies having to move a lot quicker to either replace or hire the best people. And this almost like this mixing part has resulted in candidates expecting employers to do the heavy lifting now. So where gaps have existed in industries like healthcare, candidates are expecting those employers to move really, really quickly. I think that coupled with the growth of things like working from home, there's a lot more flexibility. And I think employers, sorry, employees rather, are saying with a lot of legitimacy, I want more from my employer now. I don't think I don't know about you, but I couldn't say that five years ago, but I think people are saying it now. A good example you might have seen in the news, either a law has just been passed or is just about to be passed, where after two months of employment, you can ask for flexible work conditions. Yeah, um, big news, yeah, big shit. Big news. It's going to make a real difference, and it's how to the people working, really. You know, That's an example of there being more demands and more expectations, and I think it's those things that are contributing to that 10% jump in expected interview arrangement time. So a lot of factors, but yeah, that's kind of how I'm... <laughs> I'm calling it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And yeah, it's a big deal that. And I think it's an interesting one because I believe the new legislation will be that obviously these requests can be rejected, but companies have to give quite a meaty reason why that could be. Now, of course, there's going to be ways around that. But I think the fact that that is in play and how companies deal with that and handle that will play a massive part in their branding and thus their ability to attract people to their business or keep the people in their company as well. So really, really, yeah, really interesting point as well. But based on your report, responsiveness during the hiring process has also risen as a priority for candidates, especially in the UK and US. Do you want to shed some light on this trend and... I suppose what you perceive the implications for recruiters to be. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned the UK and the US as well, because there's a lot of times in the report that shows the UK and the US do have quite similar demands. The UK was high because of England, not necessarily Scotland, Wales and, and Ireland. I think places like London, the northwest of England, uh, the US, they're, they're powerhouses, you know, they're, they're hubs of people and influence. And I think there's so much competition for the very, very best candidates. What we're seeing people say is, I want to be wanted. And the responsiveness of these employers is influencing whether people are choosing to join them. So I think that's definitely one angle. I think the other is, again, kind of going back to pre-COVID, interviews were mostly done in person. Nowadays, they're so much more online. They can physically happen quicker. Post-interview catch-ups are probably done online as well. I know they are with us, for example. And I think the expectation from candidates now is that feedback should be quicker as well. So going back to your point about the impact for recruiters, the short for me is they need to keep up with that. I think they need to be able to provide a service that is responsive, but also has a personal touch. I think employers and recruiters need to work harder because candidates have that more familiarity now with a faster pace and a more accessible process. So I think it's about keeping up with that, if I'm really honest. And even in 2023, where we talk about experience and we run big reports like yours around candidate expectations, a lack of communication is still a pain point in the recruitment process. And something I'm hearing and actually seeing a lot of right now, not that this is specific to your report, but just anecdotally, is uh, there's a lot of talent acquisition people on the market. And there's a lot of talent acquisition people on the market who are complaining that they're not getting communication or feedback from other talent acquisition professionals, which is really sad because, and it shows it's shifted quite a bit, the, I suppose, the criticism of agency recruiters, but TA are doing it as well. But that being said, for you, this lack of communication piece, 
Why do you think it's happening and what needs to happen to change this? Because it shouldn't be happening in 2023, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I think communication should be really straightforward. There's, there are more candidates on the market, arguably. We've, we've kind of seen that over the last 12 months. You talked about the TA. I'm seeing that as well. You know, my friends and in, in the industry, I follow really closely that there are job losses, which is real shame. I feel I have sympathy for those recruiters who probably have a lot more work to do. You're kind of on the point that you talked about seeing it in social media we hear the word ghosting quite a lot, and that doesn't relate exclusively to recruitment, but I think that is allowing more of a spotlight to be put on the lack of communication. I'm sure it's probably always been an issue, but nowadays it's much easier to say, hey, this thing is really annoying me that I'm not hearing back. I'm not getting communication from this business. It's, it's priority. At its core, I think if I broke it down, I think candidates just want to be respected enough to be kept up to date with the process. And, you know, again, I'm going back to COVID. I, I feel like such a long time ago, but it wasn't really. But employers had to up their comms game. And now it's expected. I think that that's flowing in through interviews. Suddenly you're seeing your employer communicating more with their organization. Your company are probably talking more internally. There's more communication and information being passed much more accessibly. So you're starting to expect it more from others. Because engagement improves any outcome, not just recruitment, right? The more engaged your staff are, the more profit you're going to make. If you start that from the hiring process, you're creating that engagement expectation. Hey, I'm going to have a voice. I'm going to be heard. I can make an impact. Honestly, I'm going around in circles a bit, but going back to what you said, I'm not sure why recruiters can't have a really simple automation that solves this. A simple thanks for your application or a polite rejection if you're not progressing with someone. I think that the recruiters that aren't doing it, it has a negative impact on the employer brand that you were talking about before. But if they're even doing it manually, they're going to be left behind. You'll be waiting weeks for a response when a lot of businesses these days are responding within hours or days, You know, which I think is the new norm. And that's how it should be. 100%. And I think... I mean, in terms of communication, and it's different. Look, I think there's different cases for the level of communication you get from applying to a job compared to someone who's gone through an interview process. And I think what I've seen mm. is actually people going through interview processes and then just not hearing back. It's that's that's mm. really really not on. And if you are out there and you're, I suppose sometimes you are a little bit forgetful with your feedback. Just remember that is a huge impact on people's mental health, not hearing back. That being in limbo is the worst place to be. Most people can handle and deal with most things and move on and progress and things like that. Whenever I give feedback, I can't think of any time I've given feedback to a candidate where, where someone's you know kicked off at me or got really annoyed. They just appreciate having some sort of feedback as long as you do it in a decent way. But not hearing yeah. is just not good enough. Let's talk tech. Could you give us some examples of how tech can really streamline that candidate experience and maybe how your business fits into that picture as well? Sure. So the value of tech has improved loads over the last few years. That kind of goes without being said. A good example would be something like delivery service, Amazon, places like that. Um, tech allowing you to see kind of within the hour when your delivery is going to arrive. Loans is a good example. I can remember going into the bank and having to sign all sorts of documents to get a loan. But these days it's all online, a compare site, you're done in 20 minutes. There isn't that central hub of people anymore who are telling you kind of when your parcel is going to arrive or signing your loan off. Tech is kind of automating this and giving live information to people. So the value of tech is super, super easy to kind of see. But for us at Chronify, we're, we're making scheduling lightweight, easy, making it really quick. There's one touch point. It's super, super, super simple to arrange an interview that is completely respecting the time and availability of a candidate. So we're moving immediately and automating, or if you want, or if we're streamlining, if you want that tiny little bit of communication that takes other people so much longer to do. So we've been able to kind of completely remove that admin work, that kind of to and fro, 
and what that's allowing is is giving people the time to spend on things that are much more valuable, the spending time on high-performance work, providing feedback that you mentioned before. Every single person who has a conversation with us at Chronify through an interview process, doesn't first stage or last stage, it doesn't matter, every single person gets handwritten, personalized feedback. It's never generic if they've spoken to us. And the reason I can afford the time to do that, it's high-quality work, is because I'm not spending time hey, can you do Tuesday at four? Can you do Wednesday at three? Oh no, how about Friday? I'm not spending the time doing that. So tech is allowing me to streamline the bits of the process that I can afford to streamline to do the higher quality work that makes more of a difference, has more of an impact on our employer brand. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Okay, and what about, how do we keep that human touch while still leveraging technology? So we need to be able to, I suppose, get the best out of both. What's the way to do that? Yeah, definitely. It's funny because it's something I was talking to with our head of marketing about earlier this week, actually, that there's a really, really fine line. And a good example would be something like banking in tech. People want automated online banking on their phone, on their laptops. They want notifications for things like fraud or their spending habits, but they still want to be able to speak to a person if they need to. They want Mm. someone who understands them. And that's probably the best example I've got about the fine line between using tech too much and losing the human touch. When it comes to hiring, I don't think you'll ever be able to fully replace the human touch in areas like CV screening, for example. But there still needs to be that human intervention because I think people want to be listened to. They want to be understood. They want to be respected. They want to be spoken to. With us, yes, we automate parts of, we automate the recruitment scheduling bit, which takes hours of the time away and allows me to spend time providing individual feedback that I've talked before. It's really, really important to me that I'm giving myself the time to ensure candidates feel recognized and wanted because that leads to them feeling that this is somewhere that they want to work. And the thing that I'm the most passionate about is creating that feeling of, well, if this is what it's like interviewing here, imagine what it's like working here. And that kind of blend between tech and the human touch is making the biggest contribution to that feeling, which is something that I'm trying so hard to create. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. And if we go back to the the report, based on your expertise, you know, what you've seen from these reports, what actionable steps should companies be taking to meet these rising expectations from candidates? I think the companies should be using automation to save time on low performance tasks and focus on building high quality relationships. We've talked about it before been a lot of job losses in the HR recruitment space, more candidates on the market. I think less people in talent teams are expected to do more work now. And I think automating the things that can be automated allows you to build those relationships and spend the time with people when it matters. I think the other thing that businesses can really take away from this is the importance of not just providing feedback, but providing feedback all the time along the interview process. There's people who have complimented us on the feedback that they've received during interviews, you know, throughout the process. If you're providing this high quality communication that adds value to the process, I think that the outcome of that is better interviews for everyone. You are performing better interviews and candidates are being their best self, bringing their best selves to interviews as well. So feedback and automation on the low performance stuff. Gotcha. Any other points in the report that we've not 
touched on that you think recruiters and employers should be paying attention to? The thing that I was particularly interested in was how different groups of people have very different demands and expectations. So whether that be generations, whether it be genders, I think all of us in the recruitment space probably need to be really aware of how we've grown up, how there are different influences of cultures. From the report, 18 to 30s are just not bothered about the stuff that over 50s are, for example. I think there is an opportunity with by looking at the data to become a more accessible and inclusive employer. We can appeal to different generations in different ways. We can appeal to different cultures in different ways, different groups of the population to try and encourage a more diverse organization. We can be more sensitive to the different needs of different people in different locations, even within the same country. And it's those nuances which I think are really, really easily overlooked and don't take much attention to be able to increase that diversity within your organization. I think there's a real opportunity for that here. How have the findings from the report helped shape Quantify's strategy and, and even the products as well? Yeah, great question. So, so for us, kind of our approach is by putting candidates at the heart of what we do by supporting recruiters, we're helping them to solve the problems of getting the best candidates into their business. So the more we understand what candidates want, the better we can develop products to match that. And a really good example, a while ago, you couldn't do multi-person scheduling. People were saying that they didn't want really long, drawn-out interviews. And the data was telling us that. The, the candidate expectation report was telling us that. But the challenge with multi-person interviewing is it, it's so hard because it's so time-consuming. There's so many people involved. There's so many different changing diaries and agendas. But now we can automate that. Candidates choose a slot for an interview based on multiple people's availability. So for us, by understanding what candidates want, we can better support what recruiters need. But the other thing I think that this report is doing is for us, in terms of our strategy, we're providing actionable and very, very relevant content. There's, you'll probably recognize this as well, Paul. There's, there's so much content noise out there. I think tools like Chat GTP are partly responsible. You can chuck out information on any topic in just a few minutes. So we're trying really, really, really hard to provide quantitative and qualitative information in the form of webinars or blog posts or thought leadership pieces, stuff that people can take away and do something with. I kind of go back to what I was saying at the very top of this podcast, that there aren't many reports that go into this type of depth. You know, there's a lot of really, really great reports out there or studies that are done on very specific parts of the recruitment process, which is super valuable. But for us, we're going through the entire process and dissecting it in such great detail that, that anyone in any type of TA or HR recruitment role can hopefully take something away and can influence how they do things, how they perform in their role. So that's how it's really shaping us as a business. Gotcha. Thanks for sharing. A final question, I guess, Mystic Mark time. How do you see the, you mentioned ChatGPT, of course, how can we not talk about that, at least mention it. Based on what you're seeing, your own opinion, what do you see as being the major changes in the recruitment landscape in the next couple of years? I think in the immediate future, I feel that tech is replacing tasks. Tasks like background checks, scheduling, which is obviously super close to home for, for us. But I think to counterbalance that, the companies that are, are winning are the ones who are able to maintain that human touch. I think people, candidates, want to feel wanted. They want to feel that you want them to join, not just a person with that job title. So I think that while organizations, it feels that organizations are trying to aim for a more streamlined or a more agile teams, they'll need to structure their recruitment functions to maximize the quality of that personal approach. So in our case, I mentioned before, we've taken the legwork out of scheduling. I'm still a one-man recruitment team, but I 
can respond personally to every candidate all the time. We've made a real effort to utilize technology to provide the best personal value. And I think that that's where recruitment teams are going. Automating those, inverted commas, simple tasks to be able to do the high value things. Gotcha. Well, Mark, where can I'm going to stick this report in the notes on the podcast. You'll be able to see that wherever, however you're listening on Apple, iTunes, Google, whatever it is. Anywhere else we should go to find out more about you, your business, this kind of data? Sure. Yeah. So our website's the, the easiest place to get all the information, chronify.com. Chronify.com slash careers is probably the best place to find more about us as a business and how kind of work in here. I'm easily found on LinkedIn. They're probably the best places to catch us. Yeah. All right, Mark. Well, look, thanks for sharing about the report. And yeah, thank you so much for being a part of Tampa and Grant. Massive pleasure. Thanks for your time, Paul. Honestly. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you've enjoyed Talent and Growth, do me a favor, like us, share us, write us a review, send us to a friend, do a post on LinkedIn, just do something. Go on, do something just to show you care and you value what we're doing. It'll make my day. See you next time.